What is up, Silver Shamrock Strangers? And if anybody gets that reference, you have my utmost love and respect. You don't love or respect me, Kurt. No, because you don't get that reference. Silver Shamrock. Shamrock. I got nothing. It is from the movie Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh, wow. It is the company that makes Halloween masks for children that kills them. Oh. Yeah, it has... It's a weird movie. I don't know if you've ever... Have you ever seen Halloween 3? No, I stick with the classic Halloween original. It... This company puts out this mask that has like a tag on the back that has a piece of rock from Stonehenge in it. Oh. And then when this commercial comes on, it has this flashing pumpkin that causes, like there's a scene in the movie with a boy wearing it and all of a sudden he clutches his head and falls to the ground and like bugs and snakes and stuff are coming out of the mask. Goodness. Yeah. It's so, like they ran out of ideas yeah, and they're so, like, let's just make this as crazy as yeah, we can. So that's the silver shamrock. That's I want to know who went to Stonehenge and collected all the pieces of rock. I don't know. It, it wasn't, the, It's. it gets a lot of bad, it gets a really bad rap, Halloween mm-hmm. 3. I thought it was a decent movie. I feel like they're all entertaining in some way yeah. or another, you know. But if anybody understood the silver shamrock, it has a in the movie. It's a commercial. I know at and least they a play few it over will. and over, okay. and it gets stuck in your head. So maybe I'll post that in the Facebook group. No, here. I feel like I need to watch it. Yeah, we just watched Friday the Thirteenth, and I think it's one of those movies that the I've original? seen. Yeah, the original yeah. that I've seen parts of and have never seen from start to finish. And it's so corny, but there's something so awesome about yeah. it too. Yep, it, it's just like the perfect mix of like, oh, don't go in there, yeah. and oh my god, they're they're overacting is yeah. just hilarious but that's but, when they started like goring stuff up because halloween but they didn't halloween, really show a lot halloween had like very little gore yeah you know but friday the 13th wasn't that gory either they no. gave you the impression of what was going on but you didn't actually see anything yeah, in the later ones you did yeah you well know. that changed how are you <laughs> <laughs> i'm good good you look uh, so cute with your devil horns oh thank Chris you krista's got devil horns on i was wearing a cape earlier and yeah. Realize why people like wearing capes because it's just fun to, <laughs> yeah. you know, wrap yourself up, wrap in, yourself a up in a little cocoon. And like I said, I hope the cameras aren't working in the hallway here because they're going to wonder. Well, I don't think a satanic ceremony was going on here. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually reviews the camera okay. footage here. Good. Good. So happy Halloween, by the way. Yes. Happy Halloween. I mean, this is coming out a week prior, but yes, we're recording a week prior. Yes. Exactly. So yep. it'll come out the day after. Oh, good Lord. And it's creepy. You can edit that. It's, cre- it's creepy in the <laughs> it school is today. Super creepy. <laughs> like we don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because in, it's dark now when we come in. It was dark last time though. Yeah, but it was just weird. I did not feel this way last time. No, at like all. like walking in, we both felt legitimately creeped out. Yeah, and then we have been since we. Yeah, been here. and then when we were in here before, we, we were quiet heard a door and close. we heard a door shut very distinctly, very distinctly out in the hallway, and there's yes. nobody else here. And usually when we hear a noise, Kurt just gets up and walks out into the hall, no hesitation. And he was literally like, I don't want to do kind of creeping <laughs> yeah, slowly wanna... and peeking. I'm yeah. like, wow, if like Kurt... that was no, because that, you know, sometimes it's just a random creak or something, but that was the sound of a door. Closing. I thought someone entered the building. Yeah, for sure. But nope. And there's nobody here. So but creepy. that's classic school stuff. Is, I'm going to miss this when we do a go bit. to our new studio. A little bit. Maybe it'll follow Although us I to did my get house. To, I did get to visit the new studio, so it'll be perfect. Yeah, I'm yep. excited. Yeah. In other words, Kurt saw my basement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fun stuff. Um, my house is all decked out in Halloween decorations. It's so too. nice. Thanks. It looks so awesome. I love it. Give shout outs to our newest strangers. And those are Casey Russell, Lauren Haley, Ryan Williams, Kendra Smith-Caudill, Katie Zappa, 
Shara, is it Shara or Shara? S-H-A-R-A. Probably Shara. Shara? Or Shara. Shara Lozier and Jennifer Parton, who is a very dear friend of mine. Uh, We've been internet friends for like six, seven, eight years. And she just started listening and I had her listen to the Bet Sphere episode because I love that Mm, one. And then she thought that was so cool. Yeah. So Jennifer, thank you so much for listening. Uh, And side note, Ryan Williams is Xander's cousin Xander from the Xander and Stone podcast. He's also from South Africa. So what's up? I feel bad sometimes because like Jennifer, uh, Stephanie that lives in Texas, Melissa that lives in Washington and Jennifer, like these are very, very good friends of mine and I've never met them. Like I'm bad at. Well, how would you? I mean, I know, but still, today, internet of course, friends, in the life we're living friends now. should meet at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's it's just weird that some of the people that mean the most to me I've never met. Well, people have keep mentioning we should do some kind of live events. Yeah. So maybe we'll get around to that someday. I feel like someone else is going to have to arrange it though, because you and I are never <laughs> yeah. taking that initiative. No, we're I can not. barely post on Instagram right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, I can barely do anything. <laughs> the thought of it just kind of scares me. Oh, totally. Do we have any other housekeeping? You're going to mention... Oh, Brad. Okay, we'll get to that with this. Yeah, we'll get to that with the... With the oh, the tarot. We got to do that. Yeah, do tarot. Oh, oh I just like want to say that... We've never done this before. We, we talked about this on the way here that we got an email this week oh, from yeah. a listener who put... I think it's a him. Put his name as CJR. CJR. Okay. And, you know, he, he sent us... He wanted us to do Colorado, which we're going to do oh, next season. Right. Okay, now I remember the But email. he sent us a couple other facts and stuff, and he's not on social media. Mm, right. You know, so in his PS in the mail, he said, you have more strangers than are willing to join Facebook. Keep up the good work. We're out here listening. Aw. You know, and that's it something that true. I forget. I forget that. I know. You know, like I'm so used to thinking of just the people in the group, the strangers, mm-hmm. because I know them all intimate. Well, not intimately, but I know them. Well, there's like 420 of yeah. them now. So. Yeah. So. But yeah. we were talking on the way here that it used to take a couple of years for an episode to reach a thousand unique listeners. And now it takes a few weeks, yeah. which is mind blowing. One of our missing 411 episodes has like 3,023 listeners, like individual yeah. listeners, which blows my mind yeah mine too and that's one of those things that if i start to think about it i get kind of freaked out i know but you know i I was thinking about that email and it it's true that like i love the sofa king podcast but i've never interacted with them ever Oh, totally yeah you know there's podcasts i'm really into that i've never joined a group for or anything so there's probably so many people out there that feel like really connected to us yeah you know and then i think about stuff like somebody might be going through a really crappy time right now and our episodes kind of help them get Mm -hmm. through yeah you know so it's just really cool so just we really appreciate you and i hope you know that especially like the ones who aren't vocal or don't join the yeah the, the strangers we're just really happy to have you along for this ride just the idea makes you feel like you're making some kind of contribution Yeah, it does you know it does cool yep that's really all I got for housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> At least we had some housekeeping. Yeah. Oh, but another thing was, uh, I was listening, speaking of the Sofa King podcast, I listened to their, their, they just had their 500th episode and they, you know how they are. They can be really snarky mm-hmm. and, you know, not always really serious, but they had a really cool part on there where they talked about how their thing is that their fans send them bottles of whiskey. 
Oh yeah, you've yeah, told and me they this. put their name on it, like on a sticky note on on it and stuff. And their 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 fans send them stuff like we get mm-hmm. postcards and little doodads that people make and all that stuff. And they talked about how uh, they talked about how like a lot of people will send them something and then they'll never hear from that person again because a lot of people listen to podcasts and they just drift off. Mm, you right. know, I've yeah. done that with so many podcasts. Oh, me I used to love my favorite murder me and too. I have not listened to that in years. Yeah, I agree. You know, I just drifted away from it and they talked about how like all of those people, like when the people sent them something, it's there in their studio and it's like that person is a physical part of mm-hmm. the studio because of that. And I just thought that was really sweet. So, yeah. and that's going to be, that's here, although it's not up anymore. But when we get down in Krista's basement, we're going to have the stuff that you guys sent us down there. Yeah, we're going to make so, a real effort to display yeah. it. So you will always be a part of this, whether you still are or not. You know, you guys. That moment in time. That moment in time yeah. you were, and there is a physical part of you there. And I just thought that was really sweet that they said that. And you know, I was thinking about this last night, how I personally need to get better at, like I'm wearing, I'm going to show Kurt, I'm wearing the Bigfoot socks today. <laughs> That's awesome. And I can't remember who sent them to us. I'm bad with that too. So I need I'm to super... make a better effort. Like I, I'll put a little note yeah. when we start displaying stuff. I'm going to put a note as On to who, who it sent came it. from. Yes. Because I feel terrible that we get these amazing gifts and yes. I can't come up with who sent it to no, us. No, we need that. You and I need spreadsheets and Venn diagrams. And, <laughs> we need an intern. <laughs> and an intern. I was chatting with, I think it was, I can never tell, Xander and Stone both have access to their Instagram. Yeah. And I assume if it's super early in the morning, it's Xander because he's in China. Yep. And if it's normal hours, it's stone. But I was telling one of them that I've been so like enjoying not being on social media that I realized a week and a half had gone by and I hadn't posted anything to our Instagram page. Yeah. So I just like copied and pasted a bunch of stuff from Facebook. But it's just when I've... I think about how many listeners we could have if we actually put an effort into trying to get listeners, but at the same time, it's just time, not us. That's not. I like that's it, not you and I. No, we're and not, I like it to happen organically. Yes, word yeah. of mouth, or yeah. they were a suggestion, or whatever. Yeah. I like how it's evolving naturally. I do too, because I think that would be hard if one of us was like that and the other one wasn't. You know, and I'm and not. You, and I'm not just either. Not. I love what we have, and yeah. I love that people stumble across us. You know, there's a lot of ones lately that people join, and it's like a random suggestion on apple or or something like that you know so it's just cool i don't ever want to lose the intimacy that we have no with our listeners no i don't either but i think the way it's going is good we're losing some old ones and we're gaining some new ones but that's natural though but some of you guys have been there since the very start and we love you for that that's amazing that you stick with this this thrown together podcast with two people who might not know what the hell they're talking about half the time. <laughs> right. You know, how many times have we been on the moon? Once? I don't know. <laughs> you know. Details. Yeah. Facts, details. Whatever. Yeah, they just get in, the History. Way of, get in the way of a good podcast. <laughs> so just thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Totally. Anything else? No. All right. We are going to do a tarot Reading drawing for, for what? For me? Yeah. What do you want to, what do you want to ask? How is the rest of this year going to be for me? Okay. Talk amongst yourselves while I shuffle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving us a good taste test treat today from Melissa. Exciting. We still have some in there. We still have some in there. I think it was from April. So. It was last week. Oh, it was the chocolate. By the way, that white rosemary 
sea salt chocolate really grew on me. Are you serious? I loved it even more afterwards. We may have have another one today, and it may be a good flavor today. Okay, I'm excited. I was going to give you some rosemary when you came to my house, but I forgot. Because I do have some rosemary growing. Like in a baggie? Hey, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like when I texted you yesterday about meeting... It was oh. kind of a sketchy text because I, I wasn't even thinking. And I just said same time and place tomorrow, which kind of sounds kind of sketchy. And, and I was all in the dark alley behind the tattoo parlor at 4 a.m. Yep. <laughs> Kurt's like, yep. <laughs> My tattoo is done by then. That's the place. My Strange Sessions tattoo. Okay, so we pulled the four of wands. Someday I'll be able to answer, you know, talk without about these the book? without. You know, it's interesting because I've had this deck since... Uh, July. And when I'm pulling cards for myself, I pull the same 10 cards over and over and over again. There are a whole bunch of cards in here I've never seen. Really? Because I've never pulled them. But when I pull for you, I pull cards I've never seen before. That's which cool. Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, you were telling me before we started recording how accurate your readings are. Yeah, I did a reading for a friend and it gave her the chills. Yeah. So I'm I don't happy. Know, it's I'm happy cool. with my pick. Okay, good. So, Four of Wands. This is how the rest of my year is going to go. You've done it. The Four of Wands is a card of completion. Your labors have been steady and strong, and the harvest will be plentiful. In other words, it's time to party. Because I'm a party animal, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) There might be an upcoming event to mark this occasion. Mm. A graduation, wedding, or a celebration of some kind. So enjoy yourself and those you love. This is an exciting and prosperous time. Let's be careful about the weddings. Because the last wedding Kurt went to resulted in me having to quarantine (laughs) for 10 days. (laughs) But... uh, no, well, and I feel like about... some of this, I feel like some of this involves what I'm doing now for work. Yeah, because you were talking on the way here about how much you love the I students. Do. I do. I adore my students. Yeah. I really do. You know, I'm not going to go into it on here, but they've just said some really sweet things to me that actually made me teary, you know, and I feel like this is what I should have been doing all along. Yeah, I agree. If somebody would have asked me if I would want to be working with sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders, I would have said no. But I have adored every single person that I've worked with so far. That's awesome. I don't like doing the virtual all day school yeah, stuff from home. It's tough. But I'm, it's I'm I feel like I'm doing what I should be. So I think that card reflects that. Good. Awesome. Sweet. Yay. Good pick. So now we have packages mm-hmm. from Stranger Brad, who does the podcast Killing, Missing, Hidden which is an awesome podcast. And if you're not checking it out, you need to. I love that he just did the story on, uh, I can't think of his name now, but we talked about him in our phone calls episode where he was getting calls. Oh, right. From LaFont with the, the childlike voice. And yeah. Like all for years. That was really creepy. Yeah. So he just did a full episode on that. So I haven't listened to it yet, but I am dying to listen to that because that's one of my favorite stories. And so what happened was that I won their drawing. For killing, missing, hidden. Did you know you were in this drawing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I didn't think know I, that I, they... I thought I was. Okay. So he gave me an option. I had three options I could pick from. Number one was a collection of true crime books. Number two was a really cool piece of artwork. Number three was just a collection of things his eight-year-old son decided on. Naturally. So I had to go with <laughs> the things that the eight-year-old son decided That's on. That's what I would have chosen. Yeah. <clears throat> Exciting. So... They so sent it to me. Packages. It's in three separate Amazon packages. He said it is just stuff that his son was like, that 
that bad. So I, I have it. no idea what it's going to be, but I'm going to love it no matter what it is. So Eli, thank you so much for picking these out. And uh, Brad requested that Krista <laughs> opens it because we love Krista opening <laughs> presents. So oh, here okay. we go. Here we go. It's, it's tarot perforation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brad. I am super excited. It's been sitting in my apartment for a couple of days now. Oh, did you see that? It was smooth as butter. Yeah, that was slick as snot. Ooh. Oh, we need this. Wow. I love it. Good. We got to laugh out loud jokes for, for kids. Because we're going to run out of pickle jokes. I'm yes. going to take a picture. This is awesome. Wow. It's like he knows us. That's a terrible picture. And they have to be better than the pickle jokes. God, I hope so. We need to read one of these today. Yes. Okay. There you go. Love it. Very fitting. Two. Let's see if this one opens as easily. I can hear your stomach. I was I'm just gonna. Here. I was just gonna literally say oh, that wow. if you if you think you hear EVPs today, it's probably just my stomach because it is gurgling like crazy. Yeah. McDonald's is a. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see this? Wow. Serial killers. Serial killers coloring, coloring book. book. That oh. is like the coolest thing ever. Eileen Warnos is on the back. Albert Fish. Wow, this is crazy. This is awesome. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just saw Ted, Ted Bundy. Okay, I love it. <laughs> Who comes up with this? I don't know, but I love it. Okay, I'm taking a picture. That's when, amazing. When I think of coloring, I think of Albert Fish. <laughs> if you don't know what Albert Fish did, look him up. Oh, Krista's got her hair, her jacket <laughs> caught on the microphone. <laughs> Eli, you are rocking it so far. Yeah, I'm loving these. Sorry. Oh. We got a hat. Dude. With a little, is that a peep on the front or a chickadee of some kind? It's cute. It's from Bob's Burgers. Oh, Bob's Burgers. I that love that show. That is so cool. That is a really, really funny show. This is awesome. Thank you. Super cute. You got a football. Awesome. <laughs> Junior-sized football. Awesome. Ooh. From Alabama. You are going to love this This one. is from Alabama. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that like Roll Tide? Roll Tide. Yeah. Crimson Tide. The Atlas of, of Monsters. Monsters. <laughs> this is, is really awesome. Cool. Look at how cool this is. This is so cool. Take a picture of this. Wow. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Eli. I love this stuff. Oh, this book is so cool. You are going to love this. And he, Brad, in our email, which was really cool, he wrote take a picture. He wrote the reasonings for, for these things in white, so I wasn't spoiled. So now I can read what he said. Okay. Ready? So here's the explanations that were hidden or, or written in white in the email, so I could read them now. The joke book is because I let him pick the joke at the end of every one of our episodes. And I'm sure he's heard y'all's pickle jokes. He would no doubt be very disappointed. <laughs> I love it. The football is because he plays football and is an Alabama fan. Roll Tide. The Atlas is because Eli loves maps and he thought this one would be good for folks who like the weird of the world. And the coloring book he thought was funny and appropriate for my podcast topics. I feel like Eli could have a side hustle putting these little yes. packages together. This is awesome. The hat is from Bob's Burgers, which is his favorite show. And that's the, awesome because I still wear my caps at work. 
So I have a bigger cap collection now. So that is going to be perfect for my job. Eli, you did perfect. Yeah, you knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much. And Brad, thank you so much for this stuff. I'm so happy that this is what I chose. So what's your favorite thing out of all of it? I... Uh, that serial killer coloring book. I'm going to be kind of excited to read that. I think the Monsters Atlas is awesome. I got to look at that. The illustrations are so cool. Oh, it is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. This is cool. Wow. Thank you so much, Eli. You couldn't have done a better job. Anything else? Taste test. Taste test. Okay. We're gonna we're running a little behind. So we this are. is just going to be something we can snack on during the show. And... I gave us a good one this week. This okay. is from listener Melissa, and it is chocolate. Yes. Eggnog flavored chocolate. Ooh, okay, so where are you on the eggnog thing? Some I, people think it's disgusting. I'll drink it, but I don't go out of my way to drink it. Same. Like if someone's offering it, and it, it's that thing that you can drink a little bit of and you're probably good. Yeah. You don't like, want to chug, chug a quart and, of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I've had like homemade eggnog. That is really good. But even the stuff on the carton is not bad. Yeah. Hmm, so excited. this is eggnog flavored White chocolate. White chocolate with vanilla, nutmeg, and rum flavor. Yum. It's organic. Crack okay. it open. I am. Something I can open without struggling. Wow. I don't, I had a it's uh, crazy. sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. And my stomach's going all, all wonky, and I don't know why. Oh, I should probably take a picture of the chocolate, too. Oh, my mouth started watering when I, I saw that. I'm actually really <laughs> hungry right now. I mean, there's no way this is going to be bad. Oh, it smells really good. Give ready? it a whiff. Oh, it does smell really it smells good. smells really good. Okay, ready? Ready. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's good that is really good mm-hmm. oh my god it's like a hug in chocolate form. it's like a perfect flavor of eggnog mm. it really is i think it's the nutmeg the nutmeg is really coming that through. is that's delicious some of the best chocolate i've ever had mm-hmm. mm. even better than buffalo new york chocolate brian oh i know those are fighting words the gloves are off <laughs> which is appropriate because I think his handle is Brian the Boxing Guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, this is so wow. good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 10. Well, me too. 100%. Because there is, there is nothing that could be improved on. There, This is like the, the flavor. The consistency is perfect. Yeah. And the flavor of the season. Mm-hmm. Like I get everything. I get the vanilla. I get the nutmeg. I get the rum. Oh, that's good. Thank God there's no rosemary. Mm. <laughs> which Krista ended up really liking. Mm-hmm. I did. I loved it. That Sorry. is so good. Mm. That was so good, I smacked the table. <laughs> it was like our trick-or-treating candy, mm-hmm. which we might get into tonight. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Halloween, mm-hmm. we gave you guys, uh, we asked you guys on Facebook, what um, would you like us to do our Halloween show about? Why did you come through, people? Yeah, you guys, and I've written down everything you guys said. Yeah, because that's, we got it, a treasure trove of yes, like, topics. That's, <laughs> yeah, so now we might be good for another season. So, <laughs> or two. <laughs> so that's all written down. But we decided to go with what I think a lot of people voted for, which was Halloween. Yeah. Let's talk about Halloween. The origins and history And we of can Halloween. do that. Which is so appropriate. It's such a good yes. idea. Why didn't I think of it? Hmm. I'm not going to have that right now. Well, we can wait. 
Should I smack your hand every time you reach yes. for it? I can't reach your hand, no, though. You need a I need like a, like a, a go-go gadget arm. <laughs> like a ruler, like the nuns <laughs> yeah. used to use back in the day. Mm-hmm. A yardstick. <laughs> a yardstick crack. <laughs> so what's the story with Halloween? What's up with Halloween? I feel like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> That's how I have it written. So what's the story with Halloween? Halloween is believed to have spawned from an ancient pagan Celtic festival held in Ireland, Scotland, and on the Isle of Man around 2,000 years ago that marked the end of harvest time, the end of summer, and the beginning of the new year. The festival, believed to have been held on or around November 1st, was called, and this is where you generally hear it, it's S-A-M-H-I-N. Mm-hmm. And it is not pronounced how it is, it is spelled. Pr- it is pronounced Samhain. Yes. It's spelled Samhain. Movies like the original Halloween get it wrong, or the names of certain Wisconsin independent wrestlers get it wrong. Chad, if you're listening, you're the only one who's going to get that reference. <laughs> There's a wrestler called Sam Hain. Oh, That's, okay. Yeah. So it's Samhain, Samhain. And I, I had to write it as Samhain, because otherwise I was going to pronounce and it wrong. And that's still celebrated today. Yes. Samhain is Gaelic for the term summer's end. So the festival was a day to bid goodbye to the warmth and comfort of summer and to get ready for the upcoming harshness of winter. It's not really known if it has something to do with the festival marking the transition from summer and light to winter and cold and darkness, but the ancient Celts also believed that Samhain was a time when the veil thinned between the world of the living and the world of the dead, allowing both the newly dead souls to move into the afterlife and souls from the afterlife to come through back to our world and interact with us. So while Samhain did celebrate the end of the harvest and the end of summer, people would also pay homage to the dead during it, leaving food and treats out on tables in the hopes that it would please the spirits and the spirits would spare them, or by dressing in costumes made of animal skins in an attempt to frighten away vengeful spirits. Hmm. And you can see what those kind of turned into totally. over the years. In later centuries, people began dressing as ghosts, demons, and other malevolent creatures, performing antics in exchange for food and drink. This custom, known as mumming, dates back to the Middle Ages and is thought to be an antecedent of trick-or-treating. Then, as the Roman Empire came in and took over the lands in the first century AD, they combined a lot of the Celtic traditions and festivals with their own. Samhain became known as All Hallows' Day. The word hallow basically means to sanctify or make holy. So since November 1st was All Hallows' Day, the night of October 31st became known as All Hallows' Eve or All Hallows' Evening, which over time became shortened to Hallows' Evening, which became shortened yet again to Halloween. It is believed that a 1785 poem by Robert Burns named Halloween helped popularize the word and cement it as the word Hmm. for that day. I'm learning stuff right now. (laughs) Yeah, I actually learned quite a bit reading, going through the research for this. Going back to 1000 AD, the Catholic Church designated November 2nd as All Saints Day, a day for honoring the dead. During this day, poor people would go knock on the doors of wealthy people where they would be given a pastry known as a soul cake. I love the the term soul cake. Mm -hmm. In exchange for promising the wealthy homeowner that they would pray for the souls of their deceased relatives that day. This was known as souling. Poor children then began to also do this, going to the doors and asking for money or treats. According to the History Channel website, quote, In Scotland and Ireland, young people took part in a tradition called guising, dressing up in costumes and accepting offerings from various households. Rather than pledging to pray for the dead, they would sing a song, recite a poem, tell a joke, or perform another sort of trick before collecting their treat, which typically consisted of fruit, nuts, or coins. 
In the early 20th century in the United States, Scottish and Irish communities continued the traditions of souling and guiling, but those pretty much just remained in those communities. So while Halloween was brought here with the Scottish and Irish influx, there really wasn't anything like trick-or-treating yet. That changed around the time of the Great Depression. Halloween up until that time had mainly just been a time when kids played pranks like tipping over someone's outhouse or banging on their house walls in the middle of the night, both of which would get you shot these days. You try that. <laughs> right. Could you imagine going out your outhouse is tipped over? Why do you have an outhouse? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't. In, you don't anymore, but back in the yeah, day. Yeah, that would be crappy. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> They're like banging on someone's house walls in the middle of the night. Well, that would just be terrifying. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start doing that to you now. I know where you live. Great. <laughs> you'd have to climb a fence to do it. I don't you'd, see you doing you'd that. Sick, you'd sick Lucy, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that'd really do a lot. The white tornado. The stress of the Great Depression turned the semi-harmless pranks into things like vandalism, arson, and attacks on people in the streets. Jeez. It's believed that to alleviate this problem, communities adopted an organized trick-or-treating campaign in the 1930s, hmm. thinking that this would give the children something to do rather than setting someone's house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny, but wow. I know. Yeah, but I mean, these kids that's have extreme. nothing. They're poor. It's the Depression. <laughs> Set people's houses on fire. Well... You're going to lash out somehow. I guess. This tradition was quickly stopped during World War II while sugar was being rationed. Mm. But after World War II, it started up again even stronger than before and became a much-loved tradition. Nobody really knows how or when it became known as trick-or-treating. It's believed that the first written use of the term showed up in a 1927 newspaper article from Alberta, Canada, which said, quote, Halloween provided an opportunity for real strenuous fun. No real damage was done except to the temper of some who had to hunt for wagon wheels, gates, wagons, barrels, etc., much of which decorated the front street. The youthful tormentors were at back door and front door demanding edible plunder by the words trick or treat, to which the inmates gladly responded and sent the little robbers away rejoicing. <laughs> little edible <laughs> plunder. I love that. <laughs> I know. I like that too. But that was the first hmm. in print Use of the term use of trick or treat, nineteen twenty, uh, bu- 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 twenty seven, twenty seven, close. <laughs> I swear I'm listening to you. <laughs> yeah, I just listened to it after we recorded, I guess. <laughs> well, while the phrase trick or treat had been a pretty firmly established thing by then, a nineteen fifty one Peanuts comic strip featuring the kids trick or treating really cemented the term in our lexicon. Also in the 1950s, candy manufacturers started to promote their products to be used for trick-or-treating. Before that, it had mostly been stuff like cookies, fruits, and nuts. By the 1970s, individually wrapped candy and candy bars were pretty much the only thing to be handed out at Halloween. I I just started getting a subscription to the, it's called Enchanted Magazine. It's actually really cool. And there's an article in there about, and it has some recipes about how the origins of all of this, traditionally, it wasn't candy. It was like little cakes, yes. almost yeah. like yeah. almost like biscuits. That's what the soul cakes technically yeah. were, were like biscuits. So there's a recipe in there for that. So maybe I'll have to make that. Awesome. That would be cool. Do yeah. that for a taste test? That'd be really cool. Yeah, maybe that I'll would do be. that. We're going to get into way more traditions and stuff. Okay. So it sounds like I'm at the end, but I'm I'm not. There's a lot more coming. <laughs> it's a short episode. Yeah, it's very short. It's a, it's a mini. <laughs> oh, We're a going trick or treating. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot more coming. It'd be so creepy if we heard a knock at the door and like a little kid. And opened it up and there was a pail. There was a pail oh there. Oh my god. 
because I'm not creeped out enough. Yeah. Actually, the sun is coming up, so it's not so bad now. But it was weird because it's there's times really that we walk in here and it's nothing. And today and we were both dark and we were both legitimately creeped yeah. out. And I don't know what what it is. It just has a vibe today. So that's it for this episode. Stay strange. <laughs> so now other Halloween traditions, jack o' lanterns. Mm. This one I never knew about. It goes back to an Irish folk legend about a man named Stingy Jack. According to an awesome 2019 article on History.com called, quote, How Jack-O-Lanterns Originated in Irish Myth, the article says, quote, According to the story, Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. Probably don't want to do that. Yeah. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that Jack could use to buy their drinks. Once the devil did that, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that, should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil. He doesn't, doesn't learn, apparently, this Jack guy. <laughs> Why did he only give him a year? I don't know. I would, I'd uh, be like, I would... <laughs> you can never bother <laughs> yeah, me again. Yeah. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a priest, priest, a piece of fruit. While he was up in the tree, Jack carved the sign of the cross into the tree's bark so that the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for 10 more years. I didn't know the devil was so gullible. <laughs> I didn't either. Or that wow. I, I just, can you go get that piece of fruit for me in the tree? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. But yeah, so then he carved a cross in the tree's bark so the devil could not come down and he promised Jack not to bother him. Or the devil promised Jack not to bother him for 10 more years. Oh, 10 years. Okay, we're getting better. Jack's starting to think this through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Um, soon after, Jack died. As the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick Jack had played on him and keeping his word not to claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. He sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal to light his way. Jack put the coal in a carved-out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. <laughs> the Irish began to refer to this ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern and then simply Jack o' Lantern. Hmm. So I never knew that. I wonder how it became pumpkins because the turnip is well, actually we get really to that right small. Now. Oh, okay. Oh, so we gonna Ir- get to that, Kurt. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> but right now, so so in Ireland and Scotland, jack o' lanterns were originally scary faces carved into turnips or potatoes. And they were placed, I can't imagine carving a turnip. <laughs> or a potato. Or a potato. And they were placed. Is that where Mr. Potato Head came from? <laughs> Maybe. You guys should do a carved potato face and just put it in your window. Sure. <laughs> and they were placed in windows to frighten and to keep Stingy Jack and other wandering evil spirits away from people's houses. When Irish and Scottish immigrants made their way to the United States, they discovered pumpkins and realized that the much larger pumpkins would be perfect for carving faces into. That's where jack-o'-lanterns came from. And, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the highest number of lit jack-o'-lanterns ever on display is 30,581 by the city of Keene, New Hampshire, in 2013. Dang. That's a lot of pumpkins. Wow. That is nuts. When was the last time you carved a pumpkin? (sighs) Maybe 10 years old. Wow. Wow. What? Yeah. Kurt. I know. I feel like <laughs> I'm sad. All she just gave me such a look. <laughs> I feel.
feel sad for you. It was like a sad look and like a really look. Once a year is how the last year. Seriously? Was last you, time. Do you do it Absolutely. every year? Absolutely. I carve one pumpkin every year. I already have it picked out. It's sitting by my fireplace. No, I have not carved a pumpkin. I like pumpkin and seeds. And I roast the seeds yes. too. Yes. I actually I love... roast the seeds of any squash that I make, but yeah, especially pumpkin seeds. No, because I do turnips. I just carve you turnips. Just tur- yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm old school Naturally. that way. I'm old school that way. I should have asked you when the last time you carved a turnip, turnip was. Oh, yesterday. <laughs> Naturally. So bobbing for apples. Oh, yeah. Bobbing for apples might be a holdover from an old Roman festival for Pomona, the goddess of fruit and orchards. A festival to honor Pomona was held around November 1st, and it was believed that the first person to stick his or her head into a huge tub of water and apples and manage to pull an apple out with their teeth would be the first to marry in the upcoming New Year. In another version of the game from Europe, at parties, girls would each secretly mark an apple and all of the apples would be put into a large tub of water. The boys would then take turns trying to pull the apples out with their teeth, and when they did, they would see who their mystery match was. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't know it all revolved there was around a, matchmaking. There's, yeah, there's a lot of, I don't want to say rituals, but like around apples and matchmaking. Like one of the ones that I read about too was girls used to take an apple and carve the peel all in one continuous peel and then throw it over their shoulder behind them, and it would make the first letter when it was on the ground, it would make the first letter of the boy they were going to marry. Hmm. So there's always been like matchmaking rituals with apples, which okay. I thought was cool. I've yeah. never bobbed for apples. I don't think I have either. No, I don't think so. No. Like not even as a kid. I love that so far. It's the great pumpkin. Charlie Brown has these traditions. They yeah. carve pumpkins we're gonna, and they we're bob gonna for apples. We're going to get to apples. that. We okay. are going to get to that. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. So It's going to be this whole episode. That's uh, just... I'm. It's weird because that is so associated with Halloween, and I don't think I've ever been somewhere where people did that. I mean, that's not I like think a, I have, that's but not I've like never a thing done it anymore. I don't think, though. Like bobbing for apples, does anybody even do that? So I've been to people like, just get drunk and wear slutty costumes. That's all people <laughs> do for Halloween, though. Well, I've been to a lot of costume parties as an adult, and I feel like at at least one of those there have been like just like as a joke bobbing for apples, but I know I didn't do it. Yeah. Sticking my face in a vat of water that other people have stuck their faces into just isn't high on my list of I've, priorities. When I was when I was researching this, I read a lot of like opinion pieces where people said that that's all Halloween is now is to wear slutty yeah. costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. See, the parties that I always went to, people were really creative with yeah. their costumes. Like yeah. I went as Mrs. Mia Wallace once yeah. with like a syringe sticking yeah. out of my chest. <laughs> I've never, wow. I think <laughs> I've never really worn like the cleavage costume or the short skirt. No, but there's so many of them. There's like slutty bag m and slutty terrorist, slutty yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So maybe, maybe those are just the targeted ads I get. I don't know. <laughs> maybe because <laughs> I, cl- listening, maybe I click on them and look at them. Like, oh, that's odd. The Google machine knows what you're into, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. You should see my wish uh, on my Facebook, my I get ads from Wish. Mm. And uh Yeah, there's some weird stuff on Shauna there. that listens to this. I always send her the weird ones and I get some weird That's so weird. Like why did they pick that for me? You know? I'll maybe tell you about some of this after okay. we record. Otherwise it happens. This to be is explicit. for the Patreon. Yeah, that's for our <laughs> Patreon. That's for our Patreon listeners. So that's bobbing for apples. Cabbage night. Oh, It's not just Halloween. The night of the 30th, the night before Halloween, is known in some areas as Mischief Night, Goosey Night, or Cabbage Night. 
Mischief Night comes from the fact that in the 30s, when communities put trick-or-treating in place on Halloween night in an attempt to stop the vandalism that had been happening on that night, unruly youngsters, annoyed by the fact that they had a harder time now causing mischief on Halloween night, decided to move all their troublemaking to the night of the 30th instead. And it's still known as Mischief Night in parts of the country. Okay. Uh, I've never heard of this. Yeah. I'm dying to know where cab where this cruciferous vegetable comes. It's also into known it. as cabbage night because on the <laughs> night before Halloween, girls used to pull cabbages out of their neighbors' gardens and examine the cabbages to see which cute neighbor boy would be their ideal mate. What the heck? After that, the cabbages were then generally thrown against people's houses. <laughs> cabbage night is apparently like if you didn't like what it told I, you. I don't know. It's like what are they examining to see is like one of the things I said Like the cabbage has some kind like of if likeness. It's, if, no, if it's grown really good well or if it's all like I don't know I don't know the difference between a good cabbage and a bad cabbage. Well, I do, but I don't understand how that would tell me who my mate is going to be. Because if they were able like if farmer Bill owns this house and he was oh, able to create his a cabbage. good cabbage, maybe his son is your oh, best? You have a really fertile son. <laughs> I don't know. He's good at growing. But apparently, back vegetables. in the day before TV, they would pull cabbages out of their neighbors' gardens and examine the cabbages. Okay. And then they would end up just throwing the cabbages at random people's houses. So that's that just rude. Was cabbage night? It's a waste of cabbage. Yeah. Okay. Cabbage night is apparently pretty well known in certain areas of New Jersey, according to a 2014 article on Gizmodo.com. Quote. These days, 74% of Americans surveyed have no name for this annual night. But many in East Michigan still called it Devil's Night or Mischief Night, while parts of New Jersey and New York are still beholden to Mischief Night and Cabbage Night. Washington State is the largest linguistic refuge for naming that night Devil's Eye. So is it is there like a concentration of a certain... Uh, ethnic right immigrants uh, from a certain that's area my, where that, that's that's my tradition? guess that's okay. my guess i'm curious is it but like, like cabbage night i had never heard of no but then i was reading like uh, forums about it online where people that were like in new jersey are like oh yeah i know cabbage night hmm. you know so it's just weird i didn't that, know that anything was on the 30th yeah oh yeah i feel like i've been missing out all this Thir- time. 30th is devil's night cabbage night devil's eye Goosey night. I, don't I know like goosey go- night. I don't know where you goosey- just walk around goosing people. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where mm. goosey night comes from. Sounds fun. Cabbage night is my favorite. Yeah, I might go out and check some of my neighbors' gardens. You could eat some cabbage. Weekend. I love coleslaw. Like some stuffed cabbage. I love coleslaw. I've never mm. had stuffed cabbage. It, oh, Jim's mom used to make it. It's a very Polish thing. It's is it like good? meat, like ham, ground okay, that beef sounds with good, like though. a tomato yeah. sauce, and you like cook the cabbage and then you stuff it and then you actually cook it you steam it kind of is yeah. coleslaw cabbage yes okay. coleslaw is cabbage i love coleslaw yeah coleslaw is good Yum. cabbage is good and now a short one halloween colors according to a 2014 article on mental floss quote the classic halloween colors can also trace their origins back to the celtic festival Samhain. Black represents the death of summer while orange is emblematic of the autumn harvest season mm, so that makes perfect sense, sense. yeah Next tradition, candy corn. According to a 2013 article in Time magazine called, quote, An Oral History of Candy Corn, the most polarizing confection of them all, nine billion pieces of candy corn are made every year. Polarizing because some people either love Ugh, it. It's gross. I, it's, I feel like peeps are that too. Yes. And either circus love them or hate them. We're gonna get into we're gonna get more into candy yeah, in a little bit. So hang peanuts. on. Ugh. We're gonna get there. Okay. It is believed to have been invented in the 1880s by George Redinger, an employee of the Wonderly Candy Company. 
Wonder Lee was reportedly the first to produce the candy, followed by the Gellitz Candy Company, which has been producing the tri-colored candy since 1898. The Gellitz Candy Company is better known today as Jelly Belly. Candy corn was also sold as a candy called chicken feed in the 1920s and was packaged in a box with a rooster on the front. Wasn't that our first taste test? Was the Jelly Belly gross jelly yeah, beans? Yeah, yes it was. Okay. I, that's cool that Jelly Belly is the, is the Gellitz candy company yeah. that basically was one of the first companies to do candy corn. It reached the height of its popularity as a Halloween tradition in the 1950s when giving candy for trick-or-treating became a huge thing, and October 30th is National Candy Corn Day. Mm. Along with Cabbage Night, it is National <laughs> Candy Corn Day. How do you feel about candy corns? We'll get to that in a second. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Comedian Louis Black once said, quote, Candy corn is the only candy in the history of America that's never been advertised, and there's a reason. All of the candy corn that was ever made was made in 1911. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> so now more candy. A 2019 report states that Americans spend an average of $2.6 billion on Halloween candy. So what are the best trick-or-treat items? According to a 2019 article on the DailyMeal.com, quote, In order to rank the most popular candies for this year, we got in touch with CandyStore.com. They used their own private sales data and data. I'll start all over. Well, there in, you go with your data versus data. <laughs> in order to rank the most popular candies for this year, we got in touch with CandyStore.com. They used their own private sales data and also worked with industry distribution partners to determine the top candies in every state from the last 12 years. Ooh, exciting. They then took the data of the top three candies from every state and calculated a weighted average to determine the top selling candies in America during the Halloween candy season. The top 10. And weigh in with your opinions. Okay. Number 10, Hershey's Kisses. I mean, it's, it's chocolate. It's kind of a chintzy gift, though. It, it, yeah. You know. You better get a handful. Oh, yeah. And to me, I'm not a huge fan of just chocolate. It needs to have something else in it. I love Hershey's Kisses, though. They are. It's good chocolate. Yeah. Number nine surprised me. I actually went through this with... They're not my students. I keep calling them my students, but they kind of are. I'm a, I'm a reading aide, so I'm not a teacher, but they're my students. So we went through these with the students oh, this nice. week. And for two days, we talked about this for two days because they love talking about this. Number nine, and they guessed this one, and I would not have Sour Patch Kids, Ugh. which I hate. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, if it's not chocolate, I'm probably not into it. <laughs> But yeah. sour, no, I think those And they are guessed gross. the number one, and I totally mm. would not have gotten the number one. But they, I said number nine is one that I don't like, but it kind of surprises me. I kind of want to guess number one. They said Sour Patch Kids. Hmm. Number eight, Tootsie Pops. I love Tootsie, Tootsie Rolls? No, Tootsie Pops, the sucker that oh, has like, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, that has the, the owl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that commercial's been playing yes. lately. I yep. love it. Yep. We're talking about the how many licks does it take yes. to get to the center of a Tootsie, Tootsie Pop? Pop? A one, a, a two, two, yeah. A <laughs> yes, that's from the sixties or seventies, yeah, and that's it's a the classic same commercial. I yeah. love it. Yep, but Tootsie Pops are number eight. I love Tootsie Pops. Hmm. I do. Um, yeah, I can. I mean, I'm not going out of my way for it, but I do no. like them. Number seven surprised me because this one is a big nope for me, and that's hot tamales, Ugh. like that cinnamon candy. Oh, gross. No. No. Number six, candy corn. See, I can take it or leave it. I hate it. Like, I don't, I don't like think candy it's corn. gross, but it's not something I'm going to buy. I just don't like it. Yeah, it's weird. Number I mean, it's like a weird confection for sure. Number five is Starburst. I used to I love getting... I would not pick any I, of these. I love Starburst. I can handle the pink ones. 
That's I like the it. what's the bastard one that nobody likes? The yellow is it yellow? Like Maybe. I love the yellow one. I know people don't this like that one. This type of candy is not my thing at all. I would have been disappointed with all of these except <laughs> for the Hershey's Kisses. Yes. Number four, Snickers. Oh, 100%. I'm all over okay. that. It's chocolate, nuts, and nougat, and no. caramel. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, M&M's. Yes. Yep. Number two, this is the one that I thought was going to be number one. Is it Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Number two is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, yep. which is I my favorite. I thought that favorite. would be number I one. I love Reese's oh, Peanut Butter I Cups. I too. And Jim I doesn't... asked my students. Wait, he does like those. He hates Reese's Pieces, though. I asked them at the beginning of this. I said, think ahead of what you guys think number one is going to be. And a bunch of them said it. And yeah. I would not have guessed it. But number one is Skittles. Ugh. I love Skittles, no. though. I love Skittles. None of these are like Halloween candy And it candy makes sense because like... If I go by my niece or nephews and they have Halloween candy and I'm going to take something, I'll take Skittles because I love Skittles. To me, the ideal Halloween candy are like candy bars, like Crunch Bar. Butterfinger was my favorite candy and bar And it was as a cute child. because one of my students said, it's always worth it when you get that one awesome person that gives you a full candy a bar. King not, size. Yeah, not like the little so-called fun size. Right. You know, like they give you, get you the, the full size. Yeah, you get like the full size Three Musketeers bar. Mm-hmm. That was my brother's fa- favorite Three Musketeers. Hi, Ryan. He's listening. Hi, Mine Ryan. is Butterfinger. My tastes have changed since then, but it's still a good candy bar. No, I always wanted chocolate. If I got anything other than chocolate, I was super disappointed. Another one that was didn't show up on here, but I read about it a lot actually was, and people said this one is super polarizing too, are those little Hershey's candy like the little ones where you get a crackle you get a mr good bar oh, i love those you get a special dark yeah like people hate the mr good bar oh i oh it's just peanuts and chocolate yeah so what's why do people hate that so I don't much know. like people I don't know. people hate the dark the chocolate person. they hate oh. the special dark yum and people hate the they love the crackle and the regular mm. hershey's mini bar but they love or they hate the uh, mr good bar and they hate the special dark hmm. And special dark I get because dark chocolate can be bitter. Yeah, it depends on the percentage of yeah whatever. But so yeah, that that surprised me. But the, the, the kids in my class all they were like Skittles. Mm, so I love Skittles. How about the worst? This comes directly from the CandyStore.com website. Quote: Twelve lists of best and worst candies were published on reputable websites. We grabbed the data there, added in our own customer survey data with over twenty thousand people surveyed and mash them together into the ultimate bad list. Here are the top 10 worst Halloween candies. Number 10, licorice. Oh, yeah. And they I'm okay they said with after red. they said after it quote black. This does licorice, not inclu- right? this does not include Twizzlers. And if you read the outside list we included in our evaluation, you'll see that they allude to, if not outright, come right out and say black licorice. Yeah, black licorice no, is disgusting. Nobody likes black licorice. Which is interesting because I love fennel. I love fennel seeds. They have that real licorice flavor, but I think black licorice is disgusting. Like those ones that are like pastel. Co- We're going to get oh, to that. Those are so <laughs> that, is, gross. that is number nine, good and plenties. Those are the pastel colored things that. There's something wrong. You know, with those and, and one of the articles I was <laughs> no reading, offense. one of the articles I was reading said every kid when he sees those are like, oh, these are going to be good because they're like pastel. And then they, oh, they start eating it and they're like, Bleh. it's horrible. Yeah, they're so gross. So number 10 is licorice. Number nine is good and plenties. Like Twizzlers, they didn't include because Twizzlers are pretty good, but I don't think Twizzlers are technically licorice. Yeah. Like red vines are good. Like I can handle that stuff. Number eight is Mary Jane's. Not Mary Jane, but Mary Jane's. I can't. And I don't think I've ever had those. I don't know. Nope. 
least popular candy number seven, Tootsie Rolls. I like Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, but you don't want to get, if you're going out trick-or-treating. I'd take that over Skittles or. No, I would not take Tootsie Rolls over Skittles. chocolate flavor. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out. Doors right there. Get out. Like Tootsie Rolls are okay, but you don't want Mm. to, you don't want somebody to throw in a fistful of Tootsie Rolls because that's just like. Yeah. For me, I can't eat just one. No, what I, the flavored Tootsie Rolls I love. The vanilla flavored mm-hmm. Tootsie Roll, the lemon flavored Tootsie Roll. Yeah, I like just the original chocolate. <sighs> Next. <laughs> Number six, Necco Wafers. What? Necco Wafers. I don't even know what that is. It's like a big... It's actually kind of like a bigger version of least favorite number five, which is Smarties. Oh. You know Smarties? They come in the little cellophane wrapper and... They're supposed to like maybe fizz when you put them in your mouth. Oh. Like, the, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Isn't it like a, are they in Yes, the it's like in a long thing? cellophane. Kind of like Mentos yes. or whatever. Yeah. Like, but they're small. Oh, no, but they're. They're small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like the candy hearts you yes. get at Valentine's yes. Day. Yes. Yep. That's okay. what Smarties yeah, those are. are. Gross. And Necco wafers gross. are like a bigger version. We don't see Necco wafers around I've Wisconsin a lot. That's more of like a different area thing. Hmm. Number four, least popular, wax bottles. And one of my oh. one of my kids were talking about. Do they have like a little yes, root one of my, beer or something? Yep, one of my of kids were talking about that. Ugh. That he hates those because you, you like twist. The no, top. you like bite the wax off. Yep. Okay, it's, it's like all wax. It's like a wax bottle filled with like sugary liquid that tastes semi fruity. But mm. you like bite the wax off, and then you're supposed to like suck the liquid out and like chew the wax. But Why did just, I think it was root beer flavored. Some of them are like bottles. They look like okay. bottles. Least favorite number three: circus peanuts. It's a deaf. To me, it's like a peep, right? Isn't yeah. it sort of like a peep? Yeah, where you either really like it or they're squishy. Yeah, they're like the orange squishy, big peanut shaped things yeah, no. that like are like a toe. Gross. Yeah, those Gross. are. Yeah, I'm down with this list of yucky stuff. Least favorite number two, I kind of always say I don't like, but I kind of do. Are the peanut butter kisses, like the black and orange wrapped? Yum. Yeah, I like those peanut butter and chocolate. No, it's not chocolate. It's like the... Just peanut butter? You know what I'm talking about? Like, no. look up peanut butter kisses on your phone. Okay. You'll totally know when you see the picture of what they look like. It's like a stale chunk of peanut butter. But I I always say I hate those, but I kind of oh, like them. I can't em. use this phone because there's no Wi-Fi. Hold on. Krista's looking up peanut butter kisses. Sorry. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Peanut butter kisses is what she gives Jim. <laughs> oh my god that's so corny oh let's see oh, you'll see it it's the black and orange wrapped butter oh i think i actually know yeah you're gonna know as soon as you see it what i'm talking about i actually about. do like those i do too they're I, the wrappers either orange yes or, it's or black. black yeah and it's just like yeah, they smell it's like a weird. taffy it's like a taffy they don't really taste like peanut butter, no, but... But they're kind of good. There's something reminiscent about them that reminds me of Halloween. Yeah, I, I'm not going out of my way, but I'll eat a couple. And number one on the worst candies list, which is the only one to show up on both lists, is candy corn. Mm, like, you either love candy corn or you hate candy corn. It is sort of the quintessential Halloween candy, but... Yeah, I just... Did you find out what was top in Wisconsin? I thought it was Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay. I'm not sure. But I've I've seen the map. There's like a map online that has like your top trick or treat candy mm. by state, and I think it was because I was like, yeah, I love Reese's Pieces mm-hmm. or Reese's not Reese's, Reese's Pieces. I don't like Reese's Pieces. See, Jim doesn't like them either, no, and I'm like, no. it's chocolate and peanut butter. What's the like? Difference? I like M- peanut butter M and M's, but I don't like Reese's oh, Pieces. Weird. 
Mm, I love them. And according to several other articles I read, giving out these five items will increase the odds of your house getting egged. Fruit, loose change, religious pamphlets, canned (laughs) goods, or a toothbrush. (laughs) I remember getting a popcorn ball. Pop, yeah. But see, I grew up in a very small village where I I was practically related to everybody. So we we would eat that. I feel like if I ate a popcorn ball now, I'd bust half my teeth. And change. I remember getting change. The lady that we used to... Somebody on our block used to give us a toothbrush. Oh my gosh. You know. To counteract all the candy you were about to consume. But yeah, those five items will increase the odds of your house getting egged. Okay. Fruit, loose change, religious pamphlets, canned good. Canned goods. I don't know if I've ever gotten like a can. No, of, I've cr- never gotten a can of food. Yeah, put a can of cream corn in my uh, <laughs> trick or treat bag. You're gonna. Like, it's gonna end up breaking one of your windows later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Also, the 1970s and 1980s were crazy with the idea that some of the treats <gasps> given to kids could be poisoned or have razor blades or broken glass hidden inside or needles. them. Needles. Needles uh, was yes. A big one needles too. was a big one too. According to Wikipedia, quote. Joel Best, a sociologist at the University of Delaware, specializes in the scholarly study of the scholarly study of candy tampering legends. Hmm. That's a specialized field. Hmm. He collected newspaper reports from 1958 to 1983 in search of evidence of candy tampering. Fewer than 90 instances might have qualified as actual candy tampering. In none of the cases does he attribute 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 the events to random attempts to harm children at the Halloween holiday. Instead, most cases were attempts by adults to gain financial compensation or far more commonly by children to get attention. Hmm. The Tylenol poisoning case of the 1980s definitely added fuel to the fire. And I remember the Tylenol poisoning stuff. That was nuts. Do you? No, I don't remember this. In some stores around the country, somebody was going into the Tylenol and poisoning putting poison capsules in there. Oh my God. And that's when they started putting the tamper-resistant seals on. Oh. And this was a big thing when the Tylenol poisoning and that like hurt the company super bad. Mm. I do remember my parents going through all of our candy. Yeah. Anything oh, yeah. that was Oh yeah, used open, to be able to take it to the, to the hospital to get x-rayed to look, to look for needles. Oh my God. You know? If there was anything that could have had a needle in it, they just would have thrown it yeah. out. Yeah. Same with... Even though we knew everyone that we were getting candy from, they were still... They'd still check just in case... And I think they also wanted to eat some of it, but yeah, whatever. Which is, <laughs> That's their right as a parent. <laughs> so yeah, the Tylenol poisoning case of the 1980s definitely added fuel to that fire, but it's believed that no child has ever been killed or even seriously harmed by something hidden in Halloween candy by a stranger. There are two cases of death by Halloween candy, though. According to a 2018 article on HowStuffWorks.com called, quote, how often, guess? how often does Halloween candy tampering really happen? Oh, and I'm thinking it's like an allergy. No. Oh, okay. The article says, quote, until 2000, there hadn't been a single proven incident in which a child was injured by Halloween candy from a stranger. That Halloween, James Joseph Smith of Minneapolis was charged with one count of adulterating a substance with intent to cause death, harm, or illness after he put needles into candy bars and handed them out. One child was pricked with a needle when he bit into a candy bar, but neither he nor any other children were seriously injured. There have been at least two confirmed deaths linked to tainted Halloween candy, but strangers didn't cause them. In a 1970 case, family members sprinkled a five-year-old child's candy with heroin to hide the fact that he'd gotten into his uncle's drug stash. Isn't that freaking horrible? Yes. Yes, number one, but it doesn't even make sense. 
because he got into his uncle's drug stash, so they wanted to throw the suspicion off the uncle. Oh, so it was so they like, made oh, it they're look they, like yeah, it was like Halloween. like it was okay. yeah, and wow. he died from oh that, which is just like wow, that's horrifying. In the other case, which occurred in 1974, a man named Ronald Clark O'Brien of Houston, Texas, laced his son's candy with cyanide and the child died. The motive was a big insurance policy that O'Brien had taken out on his son. To make the poisoning appear random, O'Brien also poisoned his daughter's candy and the candy of three other children. None of them ate it, however. He was eventually convicted of murder and died by lethal injection. Ugh. I mean, that's... <laughs> wow. You know, your own son... For insurance money? That's crazy. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. To what is probably my personal favorite Halloween tradition. Ooh. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yes. I love it. I the watch Great it Pumpkin every Charlie. year. So do I. And I wrote... I oh, always remember it seeming like it was two hours long. I know. And it's like a I half know. hour. <laughs> so I wrote, okay, because this is our podcast and we can talk about whatever we want to, I'm going to add my personal favorite Halloween tradition, and that is It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It was first aired on October 27th, 1966, and it was the second holiday-themed Peanuts special, the first being a Charlie Brown Christmas. Like many of the Peanuts specials, it was sponsored by Coca-Cola and Dolly Madison, and it was nominated for an Emmy in 1966. CBS re-aired the special every year up until 2000, when ABC picked up the rights, where it now airs annually during the Halloween season. Since 2006, ABC has usually aired the special twice, once in a greatly edited for time and commercials format during a half-hour time slot, and once in its full, unedited form during an hour-long time slot. Oh, so it's an hour? No, they, they put a another peanut short called... Oh, the Thanksgiving one? No, it's like vote. Something about oh, voting. Oh, the politician one. Yeah, yes. something about voting. I never it's like 15 minutes, so basically it's 45 minutes okay. long. I pretty much stop at the end of the Halloween yep. one. Uh, it has the famous scenes where the kids are trick-or-treating and getting candy and Charlie Brown just keeps getting rocks. Keeps getting a rock. <laughs> no. Poor According Charlie to Brown. Peanuts cartoonist Charles Schultz, after the program first aired, hundreds and hundreds of bags and boxes of candy came in the mail from all over the world sent in, quote, just for Charlie Brown. Aw, I love it. According to Wikipedia, and I, I love this because this is my favorite scene. According to Wikipedia, executive producer Lee Mendelson told the Washington Post that the sequence with Snoopy flying his doghouse and crash landing in France was, quote, one of the most memorable animated scenes ever. You know, that's my least favorite part. Oh, I love that. Uh, Jamie. Jamie that Yeah, Jamie that did our... Ryan loved that part, too. Jamie that did our theme song and that has been here for several episodes. Uh we talk about that. I used to, my lock screen wallpaper on my phone used to be one of those scenes where Snoopy is in France and the sky is purple and black mm-hmm. and he's like silhouetted by a tree. Like I love, I think that's, I think that's just like a beautiful scene. It's just beautifully done. I think that just because, you know, being a girl, yeah. that was the part that I was like, ah, just get to get back to the, but it was the weird that it like Halloween came stuff. out of nowhere. This little weird sequence yeah, where he gets shot down odd. and all of a sudden he's in like this creepy, it's not creepy, but it's like a real surrealistic, like it very landscape. Much. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, weird contrast. I'll, I'll maybe, not weird, I'll maybe but it's post, a contrast. I've seen it on YouTube. So I'll maybe post that YouTube clip, but I'm guessing everybody has probably seen oh, it. Yeah. So that I just wanted to pick that one. At the end of the episode, I'll ask you your mm-hmm. your favorite Halloween stuff, but I I just love it. And apparently now that Apple or the iTunes video service bought the rights to that, so it can't be shown on TV anymore. What? But 
they are airing it at certain times free with their iTunes video or so, whatever So like I'm it's not going to be able to find it this week? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm I might not okay be wrong. With that. I might be wrong. You know how many kids are being robbed of I know. the joy of I the know, great but, pumpkin? I mean god, that was when I was I'm going to have to go out and buy it on DVD. In the 70s, like that, you know, Christmas was Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman mm-hmm. and uh, Halloween was... Well, and uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas, too. Yeah. I, I was never that crazy about the Charlie Brown oh, Christmas. It. it was just, I've always... Even the music. I've, we're oh. going to get into that later. Damn it. Yep. Not, you know, we're not talking about the Christmas one later, so you can't even curt me on that one. No, we're not going to talk about the Christmas <laughs> one later, but music, we might come back to it. Okay, okay. But I just love It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That me is too. my favorite Charlie Brown thing. Yeah, me too. I, and I just adore it. And lastly, although lastly, this one might be a little longer, Haunted Houses. Like... Going and to lastly, when you think of Halloween, you think of haunted houses. Not the kind that Krista and I like, but the kind where people <laughs> jump out at you in masks, which you and I have talked about on here. I, I hate a, those. Well, I have a love-hate relationship. I with just those. have a hate-hate relationship. Yeah. I will not I will not pay to go in there and have somebody jump out at me. I've done it many, many times. And in the moment, it's awful. And as soon as it's done, it's like, I want to do it again. <laughs> No. It's like some kind of weird form of like masochism. <laughs> Speaking of which. Okay. But the most infamous of these and one that a few people have asked us to talk about on the podcast is McCamey Manor. I've, I've, this is, yeah, this is the, the controversial McCamey Manor was founded in San Diego, California by Russ McCamey. Don't you have to sign a waiver or something? Yes. Okay. Around 2000, he started using a detached house as a haunted house for children around Halloween, gradually amping up the scares and theatrics and everything else and starting to gear it towards much older teenagers and then adults, becoming one of the first so-called, quote, extreme haunts. It has since closed its San Diego location, but has opened two more locations in Summertown, Tennessee and Huntsville, Alabama. This isn't your run-of-the-mill haunted house. According to the McCamey Manor website, you need to do the following things before you are admitted in. Number one, you have to be 21 or older, but you can be 18 to 21 with parental approval. Any parent that would let their kids do this. Number two, you must have completed a sports physical and provide a doctor's letter saying that you are physically and mentally cleared to do this. Number three, you must pass a background check. Number four, you must be screened by them on phone or by Skype. Wow. Number five, you must provide proof of medical insurance. Number six, you have to read and sign a 40-page waiver. Number seven, you must pass a portable drug test on the day you do the event. When all that is said and done, you have to watch a two-hour-long documentary featuring videos of people who have attempted the manor over the past few years just so you know what you are getting into. According to a 2015 article in The Guardian called, quote, Extreme Haunted House, Inside the Real-Life Kingdom of Masochists, quote, For the past decade, the manor has hosted a handful of guests each weekend, challenging them to last the eight-hour, quote, tour. Eight hours? Yep. Marines and cage fighters, cops and bikers, plumbers and clerks, housewives and beauticians all have tried. None have succeeded. You can watch videos of them on YouTube whimpering and trembling, begging for mercy, begging for it to stop. So what goes on at McCamey? I want to watch these now. <laughs> I, I don't like them. What goes on at McCamey Manor? As their website states, quote, please understand that each tour will be different based upon your personal fears and it can last up to 10 hours. Each guest will be mentally and physically challenged until you reach your personal breaking point. 
Also, you don't have to pay to get in. The only cost of admission is to bring a bag of dog food for Russ McCamey's five dogs. So this is technically a nonprofit organization. Critics of McCamey Manor say that this helps them skirt the laws with some things, mm. but fans say that it shows how generous McCamey is and how passionate he is about what he's doing. I'm not sure if it's also still going on, but participants used to start the event with the possibility of winning $20,000, losing $500 each time they fail an activity, and losing $500 each time they curse, since cursing is not allowed during the event. According to an article on awol.com called, quote, All the Terrifying Stuff That Happens in the World's Scariest Haunted House, quote, during the pre-selection process, McCamey Manor organizers, organizers, McCamey, <laughs> sorry, during the pre-selection process, McCamey Manor organizers find out what your biggest fears are and then exploit the heck out of them. Scared of drowning? You're going to be waterboarded. Hate clowns? Bobo is going to be there. By completing that 40-page waiver, you sign away your rights to sue McCamey Manor, no matter what happens to you. The waiver requires the signer to acknowledge they could end up with broken fingers or be temporarily buried alive. <gasps> Even if, yeah, I, this is bad. <laughs> oh I mean, this is bad. This is no. this is really bad. Oh, no, no, no. Even, even if you don't need a plaster cast after you leave, you're definitely in for a very physical experience. Guests have been tied up, come into contact with raw sewage, had their faces held underwater, been forced to put their head into a box filled with bees, been made to eat rotten eggs, been submerged in a water tank with eels, or had a walk up plank that put them 20 feet above the ground without a net. No. The whole buried alive thing? Yeah, you aren't going to be down there alone. Previous participants have been locked in coffins with tarantulas and cockroaches, the former of which are poisonous, meaning it's up to the attendees to lie perfectly still so they don't get bitten. Oh, and you're buried over 10 feet underground while this is happening. And all of this light torture can cause guests to vomit, which really sucks because the actors at McCamey Manor have been known to make guests eat their own vomit. <gasps> Come on! If, after all this, you have understandably abandoned all hope of securing the 20000 and just want to GTFO, it won't be as simple as just bolting for the door. There's no safe word to make the show stop. You just have to beg the actors to let you go and hope they're in a good mood. There's even a no mercy version of the experience where participants have to wait until actors decide to release them, which means you could be forced to endure another couple hours after you're ready to nope out of there. So yeah. It's like a weird non-sexual form yes. of BDSM. Yes. Yep. So yeah, according to Wikipedia, participants can also be drugged during their experience and the 40-page waiver drugged? also Yes, and the 40-page waiver also mentions getting teeth pulled out, forcibly <gasps> getting a tattoo and getting fingernails pulled out. No. Going back to the article in The Guardian, it runs through an event where three people signed up saying, quote, the trio committed to the non-sissy version, in contrast, receiving no mercy. It all happens very fast. One moment they are standing in the sunshine, the next they are in a gloomy clearing in a woods on their knees, hands bound with masking tape wrapped around their heads. As instructed, they crawl into a pool of fetid water by a storm drain. Why have you come back, Grandma? A tormentor bellows at Buster, shoving her face into the murky water. He yanks her out by the hair and plunges her in again. Another works on Beth, two focus on Kane, smacking and slapping, pulling his hair out in tufts, ramming a soiled rag in his mouth while he gasps for air. His eyes bulge. His tormentors laugh. You gonna cry, Spencer? You gonna cry? At one point, the trio, sodden with black filth, eyes wild, is forced into the mouth of the drain. Two men clamor on top and grab Hipple and Buster's long hair, stretching it taut while others jab the cowering figures. 
They are then dragged one at a time to kneel before Russ McCamey, who films as they read the form out loud, saying, Clause 20, participant agrees there is no quitting unless serious physical or psychological injury is present. Clause 25, participant fully understands that at many times they will be in a panic state of anxiety in which they feel that they will drown and they may die. All sign, even Buster, who looks half dead. The tormentors whoop in delight and reward the captives with a fresh barrage of slaps. Sweeney, dressed as a lumberjack, tosses them like dolls into the back of a black pickup truck, and they are driven to the manor to begin the official tour. It begins with a rat run, unable to see or properly breathe, encased in soaking clothes. They inch through the maze while being hosed, prodded, and screamed at. I quit, whimpers Hipple. Sweeney growls, we tell you when you quit, move. On it goes, the process of breaking their will with blasts of cold water, smacks, and contraptions which include a medieval gibbet, a water tank, and a chair with buckles and straps for force-feeding. When they shave Buster's head, her shrieks could be heard down the street. Help. No one did. After three hours, Kane, trussed in a straitjacket, is released and dumped on a sofa. Masking tape is peeled off to reveal a bruised, swollen, tearful face. Bald patches dot his scalp. Please, Russ, I'm done, he moans. McCamey puts the camera close and asks for his verdict. Kane can barely focus. No, he sobs. No, it's horrible. Given a blanket, water, and a cookie, he slowly revives and almost smiles when his tormentors commend him on a good job. Sweeney, demonic lumberjack no more, is especially warm and chatty and compares notes with him about the experience as if analyzing a baseball game. It's rough, but really it's just a show, he observes. Hipple is next out and sinks onto the sofa. It was too much, way too much. Her legs and arms are covered in welts and bruises, but she is relieved to have retained her hair. I don't regret doing it, she says through tears, but I'm never doing it again. Later on Facebook, she will call it the most terrifying experience, quote, but I am happy that I did it and it lasted, and I lasted four hours. Then comes Buster, who lasted four and a half hours. The crew applauds her like a successful game show contestant. Good job, you're a tough chick. She trembles and looks awful, but is remarkably composed. I don't feel I was tortured or abused, she says, patting a greyhound. It pushed me to my limits. I'm proud of myself. I still hold the record as the oldest person to go. Another article in the San Diego Union Tribune in 2015 has an article of has an account of a girl who did the event. The article says, quote, Amy Milligan's video, which the haunt produced and posted on YouTube, shows Milligan being pushed to the ground, pulled around by her hair, and slapped while being picked up and driven in a van to McCamey's home. Shortly after they arrive at the home, the screen goes blank and a subtitle appears saying, quote, I cannot show you what takes place. When the footage resumes, Milligan is lying in a freezer in a few inches of dark-colored water, blindfolded while actors pour water over her head. Milligan said her videos were edited to hide out the worst. She said the video doesn't show the part where she was forced to lie down, her hands bound, in a shallow pool of water with a cage over it. The actors repeatedly pushed her head under the water, her long hair wrapping around her neck as she begged them to let her go home. She said, I'm going to die here. I'm going to drown. My hair is wrapping around my neck and I start freaking out. I'm telling them I can't breathe and they're just laughing and doing it even more. McCamey, however, says they're doing nothing wrong. According to a 2019 Washington Post article called, quote, An Extreme Haunted House Requires a 40-Page Waiver, critics say it's a torture chamber. The article says, quote, McCamey told the Washington Post that he didn't want to confirm or deny which areas are real and which are not from the petition, but that no torture or illegal activities are part of the experience. McCamey says that he does, however, use mental techniques to convince people they are experiencing things that they are not. He said he films every visit so he has proof of what happened and didn't happen during it. 
There's no torture. There's nothing like that. But under hypnosis, if you make someone believe there's something really scary going on, that's just in their old mind. It's just in their own mind and not reality, he said. I'm sorry, but shaving someone's yeah. head against there are, their will. There are tons of petitions online to have the place shut down and tons of reports from people who went through it and ended up having to get medical help or psychological help after it. Conversely, there is a waiting list for the manor that has over 27,000 oh names on it. And I wrote here, hearing about it is one thing, but seeing videos from it, I, I can't. I mean, these people are genuinely scared that they're going to die. I mean, it's like watching. It's, a, it's, it's like watching us. It's like watching a snuff video. Yeah, it really this is. This is dark web stuff. Yeah, like people I mean, pay to watch yeah. this stuff on the dark web. Yeah, uh, there are tons of videos from it on YouTube, so check it out if you'd like. They're pretty awful, filled with people who legitimately are screaming and crying and are afraid that they're going to be killed. Not my cup of tea. I have so many issues with this. Yeah, I do too. And, to say uh, that it's not torture. No, there, there's, I was, there's a lot of reports from people that go through this and people, like if I told them, like some of my fears are hallucinogenic drugs. Yeah. You're doing Being acid, buried dude. alive. <laughs> right. Uh, they're going to do that. They're going to make me take a pill and then they're going to put me underground in a coffin, you know? Right. And some people say that they enjoy it because it gets them to face their fears you know, I feel like pulling one of my fingernails out. Yeah, I mean, when you sign that waiver, torture. when you sign that waiver, you are saying they can do anything they want to you. You know, there's a lot of getting slapped. I wonder if a anyone's lot of, ever been like sexually assaulted. I don't know. I don't know. But I I saw this a couple of years ago. I saw it was on like not Dateline NBC or like one of those shows, mm-hmm. but they were showing clips, and I was like, oh my god, like what am I watching? I almost feel like we should have had a disclaimer, like strangelings maybe don't want to listen to this. A little cause... late now. Strangelings, you might want to forget that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I would not in a million years do something like this. No. Uh, no. You know, like, yeah, like some one person said that they were afraid of drowning and they were waterboarded. They were physically restrained in a chair and waterboarded. I, having your head shaved against your will to tell you, say that that's not some form no. of torture. And they're always pushing you, your pushing your head out? in the water until they feel like you're going to die and then pull you back out. If you come out of it physically injured, yeah. you were assaulted. Yeah, but you signed up to be assaulted. And that's, and that's people's that's argument for beauty. it is saying that that's this is what I signed up for. And then like looking at all these forums, of course, people are writing... Like looking at like the the websites where people were doing petitions against it and the comments, everybody's like, well, then you're a wimp and should just go through a regular haunted house. You know, so that's... Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. That's McCamey Manor. That people not, have asked I'm us... I'm not okay the, with it. <laughs> people have asked us in the past to talk about it. I feel like no matter what you think you know you're getting into, yeah. you don't know what you're getting into. No. The, the, the people say they legitimately thought they were going to get killed, that they were... They, that's crazy. That they did that to get killed. So and to sit, call them actors, I'm sorry, but those yeah. people are sadists. Yeah. They have to be true, through and through sadists to do that to people and to enjoy it. But then they sound like kind of nice after you're done and they tell you what a good job you did. Do you know how stuff. friendly Ted Bundy was? Good point. <laughs> I got his picture right here in their coloring <laughs> yeah. book. Yeah, he seemed like a totally normal dude. But yeah, this is one that uh, I, I've just is crazy to me. Like this is not in my wheelhouse. I I've would not heard do of this. this, but I haven't heard these details. Yeah. How there's a, if you look was. online, watch the videos, you can find so many accounts Ooh. of people that went through this. I don't even think I want to. I tell them I'm claustrophobic. They would have me go through this tunnel. They'd have me go yeah. like in a cave. Hell no. Mm-mm. There's all kinds of wrong with that. 
Yeah. And the fact that they can get away with it but just we're gonna because have strangers, of the waiver. We're going to have strangers that say they would do it in a second. You know that we're going to. Probably. Maybe just a handful of people, though. I mean, who would knowingly go somewhere where you know you're going to be physically harmed? And mentally harmed. Like, truly physically harmed. And mentally harmed. harmed. Yeah, and yeah. mentally harmed. I would come out of that traumatized. Yeah. I'd probably have PTSD after but, something like that. Oh, I would, too. Nightmares. I would need psychological help after that. Yeah. Why would you uh, do that to yourself? Like, I'm not going to tell them my fears. No. You know? So, yeah. Uh, people have asked us to talk about this, and I figured the Halloween haunted wow. house, it would it was just a good tie-in with the I'm Halloween. I'm all kinds of horrified, yeah. so. So, I would like to end this with a quote from Paula Kieran, who said, quote, the farther we've gotten from the magic and mystery of our past, the more we've come to need Halloween. Mm. Which I think is really I like nice. it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, what are your... <laughs> tell me your Halloween stuff. So... I don't know. I, I love everything about fall just in general, but too. it's all to me anticipation of Halloween. It's yeah. all the things that lead up to Halloween. I love the smell of smoke in the air when people are burning But see, that's with me or... is that I am more a fan of fall than I am of Halloween. Mm. Halloween. They're so tied to, together for me. I have nice nostalgic memories of Corey and I trick-or-treating mm-hmm. when we were kids. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have nice nostalgic Halloweens, but for like these days, the only thing really is the Charlie Brown. It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Like I'm not a Halloween fan. I think, but for... I don't go to costume parties and mm, yeah. And I have most of my adult life. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so, <laughs> but I think for me, the things that I do now, like I haven't been to a costume party in several years, but the things that I do now are just me kind of holding on to the nostalgia. Yeah of being a kid like I carve a pumpkin every year and I have such vivid memories of doing that with my parents yeah. newspapers spread out everywhere and pulling the guts out and <laughs> yep. like I can smell it and I yep. remember planning what our costumes were going to be and it was me and my brother Ryan and our my best friend Nikki and her older sister Heidi they lived mm-hmm. four doors down and we always went trick-or-treating together yep. and I remember there's a story about my dad and their dad took us trick-or-treating once and they were never allowed to again because every house they went to, someone gave them a beer. And by yeah. the time they got home, they were wasted. That was one of my memories. Uh, <laughs> my friend Tom uh, that listens, Tom Bialik, that listens to the podcast, going to his parents' house and drinking. I mean, I was like 21, 20, 21 at the time and going there drinking on Halloween. And, and we'd stand at the door and give kids candy. And the adults, if they wanted a beer, we'd give them a beer. So if they wanted an old-fashioned, we'd make them an old-fashioned. Yeah. And they'd sit there and, and talk with us while they drank their old-fashioned. But... You know, that that's a, a fond Halloween memory. I mean, that was just fun. Yeah. You know, but I remember, I just like remember Corey and I trick-or-treating. That is my nostalgic thing. But as I got older, I just like don't really have any feelings for Halloween. I think mm. it's, I don't know. I think it's kind of commercialized, mm. you know, and I, f- I feel that, I don't know. I'm just very nostalgic for what I remember from it at the 70s, but and that's, it, I have not carried that with me. That's what I try to recapture. Like yeah. you saw my house. Yeah. My house yes. is all decked <laughs> yeah. out. Yep. On the inside, I don't really do much on the outside. Um, but I always watch the original Halloween on Halloween because yeah. I have to. Yep. I probably am going to watch Blair Witch. Um, we'll probably have, we might have a bonfire depending on what the weather is like. Like, I don't know. I sometimes try to make something special like food wise or whatever, but... I'm just trying to recapture the yeah. same thing for Christmas for me. Like, I was I was actually going to say that earlier that that's kind of like how I am with Christmas. Like yeah. Christmas doesn't really. Oh, I love. I have it. very fond <laughs> memories of. Yeah, it's all about childhood, childhood Christmas, but yeah. I don't. And some of it, it's some of the and some of the Christmas and Halloween is probably because I don't have kids. Yeah. I didn't take kids yeah. trick or treating. I didn't yeah. buy me either. I didn't have a Christmas Eve morning with my family. 
you know. I but give, I had. I give Narnia I have a little all those extra memories. yogurt, and that's pretty <laughs> that's much funny. it. But I hold on to all those memories from yeah. when I was a kid. And yep. Christmas isn't about like the religious aspect anymore. It's about the traditions for me. Yeah. And that's what Halloween is too. Like we'll probably buy some Halloween candy and we're not going to go anywhere and we're not going to turn on our lights for trick-or-treaters. But yeah. still for me, it's an excuse to binge on scary movies and, yeah. and the not so scary movies like Hocus Pocus. And I've never seen Hocus Pocus. Oh, you know, I just got into it recently. I It's not something I grew up watching. Yeah. Um, but I like it, and uh, we'll watch if I can find it. Apparently, the it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Blonde, even the music. Did I ever just... give you Poltergeist back? No, I don't think so. Crap, I got to give that back to you. You should watch it on Halloween. I should. Um, I think it's on Netflix, so I could watch it on Netflix too. Because I usually watch that in the days leading up to. I do. I have like this these movies that I always <laughs> traditionally watch in the days leading. up. I mean, up I always and... love that Halloween. Like this month is always. I don't have cable anymore, but it used to be like scary movies, scary TV shows. AMC have tons, is like twenty four seven scary yeah. movies. The yeah. Halloweens have been playing on like regular. Yeah, so rotation. I love I love that aspect aspect of it. I just watched The Birds not too long ago. Yep. I have Psycho on DVR. Yep. I've got some classics that I'll I'll pull out for the, this next week but yeah i so, don't know awesome. so many good memories that i'm just sort of holding on to with yeah. little things that i do now i think that's awesome and i love this weather i i oh, like I it when it's kind of dark and gloomy and leaves are blowing all I do over too. it's I like very when, like i like when the leaves are on the ground and, and they crunch when you walk yes. through them oh so my it's my favorite time of year but i just don't associate it that much with halloween i've said that so many times in the last weeks like i'm walking around in our backyard and the leaves are crunching yes. under my like, feet i'm I like love i love sound. this and i love the <laughs> yep. smell of it yep and people are burning i could never live somewhere where there's not this season no where you don't have no Oh, I know, like driving, uh, yes, or a couple days ago, I drove after work, I went to the store to get something, and I drive a country, like in a country, way out of my way route, mm -hmm. and somebody was burning, you know, and you get that smell. smell I'll roll like down a, a, my window so yeah, I can like smell Yeah, like you get it. that smell of burning wood, like a yes. bonfire, and it's just like, ugh. Like I might, Jim might be building a fire in our fireplace tonight because I just, I'm craving that smell yeah. and just yep. that ambiance, but. I know you love Halloween, so I hope this episode did it justice. It did. Learned, I learned, learned some stuff. <laughs> learned I learned. We're going to sign you up for McCamey Manor. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to get you going through there. I don't know, man. I've got some mixed emotions about that. I hate to see you with half your head shaved off. So do you head. have a favorite Halloween song? No. No? I didn't know there were Halloween songs. Well, like the Monster Mash. No. No. I love that song. That song annoys me. I don't like oh, that song. Oh, really? No. Oh, that's too bad. I don't know any other ones. Well, yeah, I guess. There's the Halloween, not a lot the of Halloween. The theme song. For the, I mean, Thriller. That's the theme song kind from the movie Halloween, Halloween probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I've had that as my ringtone many years. <laughs> the Thriller awesome. by Michael Jackson. That's yeah. also very classically played around this time of year. And I think it's just that I like this time of year more than I like Halloween. Mm. You know, and I feel like you associate. They go hand in hand Halloween. for me. Yeah. Awesome. So what'd you guys think? Was that okay? Let us know. Yeah. I want to know what your favorite Halloween candy is. Yeah. I, what your uh, favorite Halloween tradition is. What What was your favorite costume you ever went as? Or your I used to character? go as Spider-Man a lot when I was really? a kid. Yeah. I was a cat a lot. <laughs> I was a princess a lot as a kid. You still are a princess. <laughs> oh God. I'm like the <laughs> complete opposite of a princess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I want to hear what everybody else's traditions yeah. and favorite things about yep. Halloween. Are. I thank you guys for suggesting this for a topic. Yeah, it was such a brilliant idea. I, at first I was like, there's not going to be enough. But then I started looking into some of the traditions and the other stuff. And it just seemed like a good time to do the McCamey Manor Haunted House really? thing. It gives me the willies. I know. I know. So next. Um, questions? 
pickle joke. Oh, do you want to do a joke from the book? We gotta do a joke from the we'll new book. We'll do it from Eli's book that he picked for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. So I'll read a joke while you're um, looking up questions. Do we have any left? You said we were running out. Yes, we were running out. But my friend Carly, that not Carly in Australia, but Carly here, says she submitted some, and we haven't gotten to them yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for joke number one? Um. Yeah. You don't sound ready, Kurt. <laughs> I am. I am. I am fully on board okay. with this. Why did the robber wash his clothes before he ran away with the loot? I know. I know the answer to it. He wanted a to cl- make a clean, clean getaway. getaway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm going to read the first three because they're just too cute. <laughs> How does a skeleton call his friends on oh. the telebone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is easy. What is the richest kind of heir? What? A millionaire. <laughs> oh. These are cute. Oh, I'm not going to read that one, but I love the next joke. You're going to save that for next time? Yep. I'll put that here next to our pickle joke book. My coworker, Kurt, told me a joke yesterday <laughs> on the phone that he thought was so funny that he couldn't stop laughing. I'm going to tell it now. I don't know if he'll listen to this or not, but what do you call a fat stick? What? A pot-bellied twig. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, wow. you're a dad. He told me three jokes, and they were all just terrible, terrible dad jokes. When we run out of jokes someday, we should have listeners submit jokes. We should like they're like oh, their we have favorite, to do our song selections their favorite too. dad jokes, which is good because I cannot get on our thing because I don't have a connection. Oh, okay. I know. Carly said that she sent us two. I think two questions we haven't gotten to them yet. Okay. But I know last time I saw the next question, and it was one that I swear to God we answered before. What is it? it? But we can answer it again because it's changed since then. But the, the question that I saw after this was, what was the last thing you cried at? Oh, geez. But yeah. I know we answered that years ago in another episode. Years ago? <laughs> well, it was like like two <laughs> years ago. Were we doing these questions back then? I can't remember now. What was the last thing? But I it was a long at? time ago. I, remember, I do remember I do remember some, question. but then I saw that was next in the queue. Hmm. I don't know. I, I know mine I because I, I was yesterday. Oh. <laughs> well, it was, it's something. It's not anything. Well, you know, like, uh, well, Nikki, my friend Nikki that listens to the podcast, her cat died. And Aww. I loved, she had a cat had to get put to sleep. And Aww. I loved Parker Kitty. So I was already. Anytime anyone has I know, to have but a I was already, down. I was already. Yeah. So then I was, I watched the episode of The Office where Michael leaves the show. And it was so well done okay. that I bawled watching it. Aww. And it was, on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, and Parker Kitty, you know, Parker yeah. Kitty was bad enough. But then watching that episode like pushed it over the edge. So I like full on cried. I can't remember. Like nothing jumps out at yeah, me. Yeah, as... I, I. I got teared up listening. So I'm really into this podcast right now called The Secret Room, and it's people call in. And talk to it's the whole episode is them talking about something they've never told anyone. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's everything from this woman was like a really successful marijuana grower and dealer for ten years, and another one is like this guy um, who grew up in Ireland and like a really bad time, basically ran away to America and 
twice when he was a teenager and never told anybody or somebody has a child that they never told anybody. It's like stuff, stories like that. It is just so fascinating. That sounds cool. This one woman who was talking, it was a different story. She got really choked up and I can't, I don't know. I just like, can't not cry when I hear people getting emotional. So that's, that's the last time I kind of got teared up, but I can't remember the last time I like really cried at something. You know, like I I guess that's a good thing. Like I said, my kids said some really sweet stuff this Mm. last week that actually made me tear up. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I can't think of anything that I've actually cried at lately. But yeah, which... it was a combination of the cat and yeah. then watching that episode where Michael leaves the show. Is that Steve Carell? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I've was... watched like the first episode and I was like, eh, I'm guessing I need to watch more to get into it. Oh, the it. first season is not that good. It's like Parks and Rec. You yeah, have to get the first, the first season, season is, probably. Uh, but seasons two through five are amazing. Until Steve Carell leaves. Right. Uh, that's what people told me. The people said that when he leaves, stop watching it, and then just re- just watch the final episode of the series. But okay. I'm just going to keep watching it because I like all the secondary characters. Mm, right. You know. But yeah, I I cried at that episode. Hmm. I'm okay I, admitting that. Yeah, I teared up at the last episode of Parks and Rec for sure. Everybody kind of came that back. Next. Sophie told it's me I need so to watch good. that next. It's so uh, good. Jennifer, Parton. Jim and I were going to go as two of the characters on there for Halloween next time we go to a costume. Jennifer, that, that I gave a shout out today, said she wants to give me her Netflix password so I can watch that social media thing that you watched. And then Luke, my friend Luke, I told him about that. So he wants to watch that, but I guess it's really good. Hmm. Yeah, it is really good. So I need to watch that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if that was that was the next question. Do you know, I unplugged my Google Mini. <laughs> Did you seriously? Yeah, <laughs> uh, eh, it's the yeah, little things. Let them listen to me. A lot, a lot of people were freaked out by that episode. Some people were indifferent, but yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's just uh, you know what's going on. It's just one of those things you don't want to hear about, but you right. know what's going on. You know. Yeah. I think, okay, what's your song selection? Oh, my song selection based on what we talked about earlier is I'm not a jazz guy, but I love the music from Peanuts. Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah. dearly love all the music from That's the... a different kind of jazz, though. Yeah, but it's still... It's Vince Guaraldi. Vince yes. Guaraldi. And, uh, but it's jazz. It's I mean, like I don't know if you would call it... Instant warm fuzzies. <laughs> I am, too. My nose is running a little. That's probably because it's so cold in here. It is cold in here. Uh, but I lo- it might be a nostalgia thing, too, it, but I totally. love his music. The piano and... and... One of my personal favorite songs is an instrumental a peanuts instrumental Mm -hmm. and it is by vince garaldi and it is called heartburn waltz so is there a specific scene that it's from it's from like the valentine's i want to say the valentine's day episode so it's one that i've never really seen but years ago i from the library i got a peanuts holiday Mm. uh cd nice and I would love it that. It had stuff from the Thanksgiving episode, the Easter episode, and this song, Heartburn Waltz, and I just love this. I listen to this song a lot, actually, and mm-hmm. it's just an inst- instrumental. It's like a jazz instrumental, and I just feel it's like a very fall song, hmm. like a very, very autumn song. I can't song. wait to hear it. Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite things. It's like a de-stressor for me. Like when I listen to it when I'm driving, it just kind of chills me out. Like, I love it. So my my pick is Heartburn Waltz by Vince Guaraldi. Nice. I will post it in The Strangers. I was, look, so we had a new listener with the last name Zappa. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. so I was, I was looking and looking for a Zappa song, but I just, it's, you know, they're like 10 minutes long and I think it's just a little too experimental and weird for people. So, I mean, I get into it. I'm not at all, you know, it's probably why I'm into jam bands. Yeah. Um, 
he was such an interesting dude. Anyway, I went down this rabbit hole. Somehow I ended up landing on this song and it was a cover that I found, but I'm actually going to do the original for once. I'm not doing a cover, (laughs) Um, but it's a song by Blind Faith called Can't Find My Way Home. You know it very well. Yeah. Steve Winwood. I think a lot of people think of Steve Winwood and they're sort of that like pop music he did in the 80s and 90s, but Traffic and Blind Faith, those bands were amazing. And it was a toss up between this song and another song by Traffic, which I'm going to save for a future episode. Um, But yeah, it's just such a classic. And I found like a live version of them performing it and Steve Winwood was like this is a new song we just wrote so it's like one of the first times yeah. they performed it so I'm yep. gonna try to find that again I like that song that. I don't think I've ever heard oh, yeah, Blind so Faith's good. version well it is a Blind Faith song Steve Winwood was yes with Blind Faith yeah so that it's their but was song. Traffic Traffic was Eric Clapton and Steve uh, Winwood okay okay um and I found live versions of Eric Clapton and Steve Winwood doing Can't Find My Way Home so yeah, it's just that is there's a good something song. really there's like this longing about the song that I just love so much. Yep. So I love his that. '80s stuff. The I'm finer, more into the, the finer rock things stuff. is one of my favorite '80s songs. Finer things. The finer things by Steve. Oh Winwater. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I'm more into the '70s rock stuff that he did. Mr. Fantasy. That I was gonna use that as I don't another even know one. That one. Oh, you would. That was a traffic song. I don't. Hey, I've never Fantasy. heard a lot of traffic. Oh, it's so good. Well, I'll I'll suggest it on a future episode okay. just so you can <laughs> so hear I can it. listen to it. Yeah, pretend I didn't say that. Okay, I edit that out of my brain. That's gone. <laughs> Not out of the episode. You can leave <laughs> it in the, the episode. episode. Just out of my brain. Cool. We'll post those in the strangers. Yeah. And I think that's it. Right. The deets. Oh yeah, I got all my stuff put away. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should know them by heart, but yeah, we don't. You can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com, which some of you have done, so thank you. We are on Twitter at Strange Session. Without Barry sent us the the article on Twitter, on Twitter and I don't remember my Twitter password because I never mm. go on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. And it was about uh, the death of... Randy. Yeah. Uh, James Randy? Yeah, James Randy. Is it James Randy? Yes. Okay. Dying. Yeah, I and uh, I believe Brian Young used to work with him. Oh, really? Yeah. Like work part part of his foundation, hmm. but he was like the big debunker. Where if you could come and prove that you had psychic abilities, you'd get like ten thousand dollars or hmm. whatever. But Barry messaged us about that on Twitter, and I had to reset my password because I never use Twitter. We are on Instagram. Krista does a great job eh, when I remember when she remembers at the strange <laughs> sessions. You can send us postcards and mail. Don't send any food items until after the holidays because we're wrapping up with what we got here. The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. And you can call our hotline. Maybe that's the sound that Krista's phone just made. Maybe somebody called our hotline. (laughs) You can call our lonely little hotline there in Reedsville at 920-443-9602. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Uh... I was totally going to say something else. I just spaced on it. Hmm. Must have been a lie. I know um, an episode <laughs> of his, historical ramblings mm, yeah. with Brian and Lauren. I was on, and that's going to be released, I believe, this week. We will post it in the Strangers. Really, like that. He was. It was me, Brian, Lauren, Neil Story, and John Cox. And both of those guys are so cool, hmm. which is awesome. So I really enjoyed doing it. So we will post a link to that when it is released. 
And I think that's it. So from Krista and I in the spooky old school media studio for one of the last times. Mm -hmm. Until next time, happy Halloween and stay Stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.